Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. We've reached the halfway point, big dividing point in the book of Daniel. First, three, first six chapters being uh, basically historical narrative. The, some of the events that, that Daniel and, and his three friends, other exiles, experienced while they were in captivity in, uh, in Babylon. Chapter 7 through 12 are prophecies that Daniel uh, records. The ESV study Bible, sort of the outline breakdown, chapter 7, verse 1 through chapter 12, verse 13, uh, titles that The Visions of Daniel. These chapters describe Daniel's apocalyptic visions, which assure God's people that in spite of exile and persecution, God is still in control and will see His purposes through. The theme of Daniel, if we've forgotten or somehow missed it, is what? God is in control. So before we read the, the rest of the chapter, get into the chapter, let, let's pray. Knowing that God gives us this, this picture, these, this, this uh, Holy Spirit-inspired writing so that we may know more about Him. The basic, it, it seems basic and, and simplistic, but we forget it too many times is that God is in control. Bob Deffenbaugh says that prophecies are given so we may look at history from God's perspective. And we'll see there's a, a difference in this vision that's very similar to the, to the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had in, in chapter 2 of that great image that also showed four kingdoms. Uh, just, just from the, 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 the perspective of this is how God sees the earthly kingdoms. So let's pray. Father, we know that Your Word is just as true today as when it was inspired by the Holy Spirit to Daniel, the other writers of Scripture. God, may we see the truth that's in it. May we see how we can apply these truths to our lives. God, may, may we come to fully understand that You have a plan, that You work in history, that You didn't simply create the world and then walk away, but that because of Your mercy and Your grace, for Your desire for the redemption of all who are created in Your image, that You even stepped into history the form of Your Son, Jesus Christ, who walked among men, who then sacrificed His life, who poured out His blood on the cross to atone for our sins, that by Your power He was raised on the third day and has, has even now ascended and sits at Your right hand making intercession for us. 
God, give us insight and understanding, but also, God, give us hearts that are willing to respond to the things that we learn in this Scripture today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So chapter 7 says begins in the first year of Belshazzar. Remember, Belshazzar was, was co-regent with his, with his father after the days of, of Nebuchadnezzar. A couple of other kings followed Nebuchadnezzar. We'll, we'll meet one here in a, in a few weeks, but uh, eventually Nabonidus became king. He went to Arabia, many think, because, because he wanted to worship the moon god, and the Babylonians didn't want to worship one god exclusively. So while, while Nabonidus was in Arabia either fighting or, or worshiping the moon god, he set up his son Belshazzar to be co-regent. First year of that, pretty much um, everyone's in agreement around 553. BC. 14 years or so before Cyrus and the Medes and Persians take over Babylon uh, that we saw at the end of, of chapter 5. So Daniel is, is uh, he's, he's well into his middle years. I guess he's, he's, he's approaching 65 retirement. And he has this, this dream. If you want to jump ahead just, just a little bit, not to, not to take away any of the, um, the secrets or mysteries or uh, enticements, but verse 15 and verse 28 kind of give us a perspective of what Daniel felt after he has this dream. Verse 15, As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. In verse 28, here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Chapter 7 really falls into two parts. Part 1 being verses 1 through 14, which is the vision, Daniel's vision. And then part 2, the interpretation of Daniel's vision, which would be verse 15 through verse 28. Notice how he describes his feeling or, or condition after he has the dream my spirit was anxious and the visions of my head alarmed me. So he's, he's concerned, he's anxious. What in the world does all this mean? That's after the dream. I'm going to learn in verse 15 that, that after he has the dream, he approaches one standing there. We'll get to that and ask what make known to me the interpretation. Remember, Daniel is a great interpreter of dreams, but God had given him those interpretations, and now he, he turns to one of those attendants of God for the interpretation. After he gets the interpretation, 
there in verse 28 at the end of the chapter, my thoughts greatly alarmed me and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Seems like after the interpretation, Daniel's even more alarmed, more, more perplexed as, as to what's going on. So back to, back to verse 1 or, or the reading the, the dream. It's the first year of Belshazzar, 553 B.C. Daniel has this dream. So then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter, a, a summary of the dream. Not, not everything, but the, you know, the important part. Just, just the, the, a summary of the dream. Verse 2, Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and the four beasts came up out of the sea, different from each, from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off, and, I, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second beast, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this, I looked, and behold, another, like a leopard with four wings on it, of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. It had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among the, them another horn, a little horn, which was before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking, and as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. His kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, 
My spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. James Montgomery Boyce <clears throat> says that Barbara Tuckman, a contemporary historian whose writings or works on neglected periods of history have been unusually popular, her secret is explaining history, she calls it history by the ounce. Instead of fitting long dates and lists that are, that are dull, she packs her pages with punchy anecdotes that capture far more the spirit of the period than can be done by merely listing facts. History by the ounce. Boyce says that's a good way to describe Daniel's preview of Gentile history in the seventh chapter. The time frame is extensive from the 6th century BC until the coming of Christ and beyond. Daniel packs it all in through a series of vivid visions that convey far more than a mere list of names and battles and dates could do for us. Daniel there 50 years after Nebuchadnezzar has a dream of a great image, Daniel has a, a dream, a vision of his own. Daniel's been rather steadfast through the first six chapters of, of the book. <clears throat> Nothing seems to cause him to panic much, though he was bothered by the interpretation he knew he had to give Nebuchadnezzar about his dream in chapter 4. But for the most part, Daniel has been steadfast, moving along, yielding to the will of God, realizing that, that God is in control. Now he has this, this dream, this vision, and he's, he's alarmed. What did he see? He sees the four winds of heaven. It's, a, it's a, a figure or an illustration of the power of the, the sovereignty of God. Daniel sees God stirring up the great sea. Some would say the Mediterranean, but I think, I think most see it as just the sea of, of, of humanity or the world. Actually, when we get into the interpretation in verse six, verse 17, we see four great beasts are four kings who shall rise out of the earth. So Daniel, Daniel sees the power of God stirring up the great sea, the, the, the chaos of humanity, and out of that stirring come four beasts. It's, it's easy to see a parallel of this vision to that of Nebuchadnezzar in chapter, in chapter 2 where Nebuchadnezzar dreamed um, of this great vision with the, the gold head, the, the silver chest and, and arms, the bronze abdomen and thighs, and then the, the, the iron legs going into feet 
and toes of mixed of iron mixed with with clay it's it's the the comparison is 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 easy to see or the parallel is 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 there to be seen but daniel is is alarmed by by what he sees and 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 uh, perplexed i would say anxious daniel himself says he's anxious about it what what does all this mean then he sees the throne being placed the ancient of days god himself being being set up this little horn speaking the niv says he the esv says he's speaking great things the niv says boastful things and then that and then that horn being killed destroyed and and burned with fire and then as he's seeing seeing that vision the clouds of heaven here comes the son of man and he comes to the ancient of days and he's given dominion and glory and a kingdom that's everlasting dominion an everlasting kingdom that won't that will not pass away and will not be destroyed would that have made you anxious if you dreamed that dream while daniel's dreaming the dream he looks to one of those that's in attendant to the ancient of days verse 16 i approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all of this so he told me and made known to me the interpretation these four great beasts are four kings who shall rise out of the earth but the saints of the most high shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever forever and ever so we're given the interpretation of the first part of the dream there in part of daniel's vision he approaches one of those an, an angel one of the thousand thousands or ten thousand times ten thousand indicating a, a huge norm i was going to say a huge number but I was going to say enormous, a gigantic number, huge number of those attending the, the Ancient of Days who, who gives him a, a, an in, the interpretation. The four beasts are four kings that come out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. So he kind of tells him these are just four kingdoms and in the end the saints will possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever <clears throat> but we want to have more we, we want to know more <clears throat> but we need to be careful not to read into it more than what the text actually says we're going to learn more about the the fourth beast here from the angel in in a little bit um, but what is it 
Well, I've already said the, the parallels between this and, and chapter 2 are, are quite obvious. The first beast that Daniel sees coming out of the sea is a lion and it has eagle's wings. The king of beasts, the king of the birds. And as Nebuchadnezzar, Babylonia was the, the, the head, the gold head in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, here the first beast is is like that head. It's, it's Babylon. Strong, powerful, fast, destroying all. But then the wings are plucked off. But then he's lifted up. We kind of have a picture in Daniel's dream, this is all after it's happened, of, of Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, being the first kingdom that that has arisen. But then also a picture of chapter 4 with Nebuchadnezzar being driven out. The wings are plucked off. Nebuchadnezzar loses his sanity, is driven out and lives among the, the beasts of the field, eats grass, his hair grows, his, his nails grow like, like a bird claws. But then he's made to stand up when Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged that the Most High was the one true God. He's, he's raised back up, re-enthroned. The mind of a man is given to him. He, his, his sanity is, is restored. So the first beast is that of uh, the lion represents Babylon. Then as Daniel was looking in his dream, another beast came up, a bear was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth, and it was told to, to devour much flesh. The bear would represent the, 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 the Mede and Persian empire being raised up on one side. Uh, some say laying down, but I think it indicates a bear kind of standing lopsided. One side's higher than the other. The Persian Empire was stronger than the Mede portion of that combined empire. The three ribs would, would, uh, would represent three kingdoms that the Medes and Persians uh, conquered and took over. The, the Lydian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, and the Egyptian Empire but then devour much more flesh that, that the Medes and Persians conquered even more lands than, than just those three. And then as Daniel is, is dreaming, experiencing this vision, a third beast comes out of the, of the sea, a leopard with four wings on its back. A, f a fast animal. You think of a leopard as being one that lies in, in wait for his prey and then conquers, then, then runs them down as, before they can escape. He's faster. He's even got a turbocharger with these wings on his back. And he moves and conquers quickly. That would be Greece and Alexander the Great who, who conquered much of the ancient world from Greece and Macedonia to, to Egypt to uh, even, even to India that, that Alexander the Great conquered in just three years. Then the four wings would be his, his four generals who succeeded him after, 
after he died. There's some debate over just who, who these are, but um, it would seem uh, to be Lysimachus, Cassander, Seleucus, and Ptolemy, who then took different portions of, uh, of, of the empire. Uh, that, that Alexander the Great's empire was, was divided then after he died just a short time after conquering the world. After the leopard came out of the sea, Daniel sees a fourth beast, but it's not compared to any living beast that, that he knows of or that we know of. He says it's terrifying and dreadful, exceedingly strong. It's got iron teeth that it devours and breaks into pieces. It stamps whatever's left with its feet. This beast has ten horns on its head. As Daniel is looking at those horns, all of a sudden a little horn pops up. It plucks up or roots out three of the first horns. This little horn has eyes like the eyes of, the man, of a man and a mouth, and he's speaking great things or boastful things, arrogant things, blasphemous things. Nebuchadnezzar's dream in <clears throat> chapter 2 was from his perspective of seeing um, worldly kingdoms, this statue with these precious metals and strong metals, as if he's seeing the, the splendor of world empires. Chapter 7 is given more from God's perspective of these world empires. And though God allows them to, to rise up, they're, they're beastly, animalistic, that God allows them to, to rule for a while. He authorizes these kingdoms, but they're rebellious, they're corrupt, they're beast-like, not, not noble and, and splendid as that statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw. This fourth kingdom is even greater than the other three. These ten horns just represent the, the extent, the ongoingness even, or, or long-lastingness of it until this little horn comes up. As Daniel is seeing this little horn speaking these boastful things, then he, then he sees a vision of the throne of God. That thrones were placed, the Ancient of Days took his seat, his clothing's wide, his hair, the hair on his head is pure is, is like pure wool. There are flames coming from the throne, the wheels are are burning fire, and a stream of fire is issued before him. But Daniel sees God on his throne and he he his I'm sure his words to describe it just lost, uh, that he was at a loss of words. How do you describe God? And he saw Him as pure and holy. His judgment 
is is precise and exact and nothing can stand before him because of his holiness and the, the flames of his judgment as he sees the throne this little horn this boastful horn just keeps chattering away and 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 boasting blaspheming and that that beast is killed and destroyed and and thrown into the fire as he's seeing all that it says behold in the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and was presented to him and to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all nations and languages should serve him his dominion is everlasting will not pass away and his kingdom shall never be destroyed daniel sees this in his vision these these empires they continue from his time through the time of 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 rome to the time of the incarnation and christ but even even beyond that to the to the end of time and the, and the final judgment he's perplexed and doesn't know he's alarmed he's anxious what does this mean he asks the angel the angel summarizes the four beasts there in verse 17 and 18 and then the outcome of that judgment the saints will be will receive the kingdom and possess it they will reign with the son of man with Christ forever and ever and ever then in verse 19 we we read more of Daniel's uh, perplexity he said I desire to know the truth about the fourth beast which was different from all the rest exceedingly terrifying with its teeth of iron claws of bronze which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with his feet and about the ten heads horns that were on his head and the other horn that came up and before which three of them fell out the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things and it seemed greater than its companions this little horn seemed even more powerful greater than the others and as he looked that horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the ancient of days came and judgment was given for the saints of the most high and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom thus he said thus the the angel told him as for the fourth fourth beast so this is the interpretation of the fourth beast there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all the kingdoms and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it into pieces as for the ten horns out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise and another shall arise after them he shall be different than the former ones and he shall put down three kings he shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change times and laws and they shall be, shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion 
and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me. My color changed, and I kept the matters in my heart. So why, after being given the interpretation, is Daniel alarmed? Did, it, did the color go out of his, of his face? I think it may be that Daniel is familiar with what Jeremiah has written to the, 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 the Israel in exile, that they'll be in captivity for 70 years, then return to the land. But God is not going to set up His kingdom at that time. That, that Daniel learns there'll be more kingdoms coming. And even this fourth one that will that's representative of ongoing kingdoms will last and last. But he's fortified or encouraged by the fact that even though all these things are going to happen, that this little horn, this little beast is going to, to blaspheme, speak words against God, wear out the saints of the Most High that He says, change laws only for a time. And then God is going to sit in judgment and His dominion is going to be taken away. In some sense, that last kingdom is, is still ongoing. The day of judgment is still in the future and not, not yet fulfilled. Remember, as Bob Deffenbaugh pointed out, prophecies are given so we may look at history from God's perspective. God is seeing the beginning and the end. We're, we're in the middle of it. We're living through the middle of it. There's really no distinction made here between the first coming of Christ and the, and the second coming of Christ. We do see the Ancient of Days, God the Father. We see the Son of Man, Jesus, the second part of the, of the Trinity. Many would want to assign different groups to the ten horns. What, what, who are they? What are they? Well, they're this. Well, we're, we're not told who they are. We're just told that there are four beasts. Three of them have already passed. Babylon, the Medes and Persians, the, the Greeks, the Roman Empire has, has fallen, but that fourth kingdom is, is ongoing and all of the judgment has not yet come to pass. But what is the good word that the angel tells Daniel? In the end, the court will sit in judgment. The Ancient of Days will sit in judgment. The Son of Man will be given dominion. His reign will be forever and ever and ever. No one shall, 
shall destroy it. No one shall conquer it. All other dominions will serve him. Daniel's alarmed and his color changes thinking that, that Babylon is just the first step of what he and the children of Israel, the children of God, will face when they go back to Israel. But even beyond that, but he knows in the end that God is in control. God rules history. That these nations, these empires may rise up. They may roar for a time, but in an end, all of those will be brought to judgment in the kingdom of God the kingdom of God's anointed, the Son of Man will be established forever and ever. There's a way to apply that personally. I mean, we certainly believe that when Christ returns and His kingdom is set up and it will last forever, it will be a, a, a pure and righteous kingdom. But can we apply that personally beyond that. James Montgomery Boyce says that sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that our wealth or our power, our health, even our beauty, that we've achieved these things and that we forget that they're all God's gifts that He gives and he takes away. You know, what was once a handsome man gets old and bald and his ears keep growing and his nose keeps growing and he becomes ugly. We know just from the, our current times how jobs and, and, and wealth and 401ks can be fleeting things. And so we should acknowledge that those come from God just as He empowers rulers and, and kingdoms. What did Jesus tell the disciples regarding the signs of His coming or the end of the age. Matthew 24, verse 3 said, As He sat on the Mount of Olives, this is, this is in the last days of, of, of Jesus' life. Um, one of the last teachings, not the last, but, but says they the disciples came to Him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. Jesus said to them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will lead many astray. You will, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. He, he closes that. You can, you can go read um, 
Matthew 24, but he closes that teaching um, that that his answer to them, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will darken and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the power of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call and they will be gathered and they will gather His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Just as the four winds God's power and sovereignty allowed these kingdoms to rise up through history. That same power is going to gather the saints, gather the people of the Lord when He comes again on that, on that cloud. So Daniel 7 reminds us that God rules through all of history no matter how what things are going on, COVID-19 or protests or anarchy, that God is still in control and has a purpose. It's also comforting knowing that He will establish His kingdom, the kingdom of the, of the Son of Man, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, that we will share in that kingdom. Daniel 7, 27, he said, the kingdoms and dominions and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole earth shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. That, that we will share in that, in, that, in that kingdom. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says that the, the, saints, will, the saints will judge the, the world. But he tells them, if you know you're going, do you not know you the saints will judge the world? So if you're to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial matters? He's telling them to to learn to practice that with each other, even even during during those times. And then Paul tells Timothy that we will reign with the Lord. So, do you wish that Daniel 7 spelled out exactly what's going to happen when? Or is it not better to know that God is controlling these things and we really couldn't handle it if we knew exactly when, who are the ten horns, who is the little horn, which is the, the Antichrist, or is it not better to be content with knowing that God is sovereign and in control today, July 5th, 2020, just as He was in 553 B.C. when Daniel wrote these things, just as He was when He created Adam and Eve in His own image. Father, we thank You for Your Word. God, give us pause to, to ponder these things and, and to truly 
understand and 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 live by these truths that you are sovereign and that though evil may be all around us that we know that in the end you will judge that all those will be consumed and destroyed and that you will set up your kingdom an everlasting kingdom that will have no end and that we'll spend eternity worshiping you our Creator, our Sustainer, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Savior. In His name I pray. Amen.